Well, it is Celebration Sunday. We're partying today and we're looking back, thanking God for all He has done. But we're also looking ahead with expectation to all the Lord wants to do. And I love that last week, if you didn't hear it, Pastor John, our senior minister, shared live about uh, our vision, about Transform Lives. So if you haven't heard that, I encourage you to go back and check it out. And I actually just wanted to take a moment, even though they're not in the room, to honour our senior ministers. If you haven't met them before, their names are Pastor John and Danielle Pierce. They come here quite regularly. They live in Queensland currently. But I've got to tell you, they are so visionary, so bold. They leave with such integrity and courage, and they just love Jesus. And I know that we wouldn't be here today, and I wouldn't be who I am today if it wasn't for them. So if you love Pastor John and Dan, can you just help me honour them? We love them so much. They are the best leaders. We are so blessed. But as I lean into that, I just want to share three quick thoughts. Uh, I just want to echo what Ebony said today. If this is your first time in our church or you are a vision, today's a little bit different to a normal service. We don't do this all the time. Uh, we do this two Sundays a year. You will notice how passionate we are and how much we love our vision, but it's a little bit of an in-house uh, sermon, but bear with us. It just is two Sundays a year and there's no pressure at all to be involved. I just wanted to say that from the outset. Secondly, for everyone, even if you call this our church home, there is no obligation or pressure to give whatsoever. The Bible teaches us if we do ever choose to give, to do it out of a cheerful heart and not out of compulsion. And so if anyone's feeling compelled to give in a negative sense, that's not Jesus. And so there's no pressure here. And just lastly, I think it's important we hear this, that our value and your value and my value in our church is not determined or linked to anything about how much we give or that at all. We're all, our value is equal. Uh, and for some people, they have what we call the gift of giving. Like, you know, John has the gift of drumming and Ash has the gift of singing. God puts that grace on some people. Their gift is to, to go generate wealth and fund what God wants them to. Um, but for whatever, uh, for all of us, it doesn't link to our value at all. Being a vision builder, as Ebony said in this flyer, I have found in my life, it is all about my heart and it's actually not about finances. For me, it's about being all in to the vision of our church. I personally have been giving into vision builders uh, myself into our church for over 11 years now. Ebony has been giving in division builders for over 16 years now. And as a couple, since the day we got married, we decided that we wanted to be vision builders. And we have, uh, for the last seven years, in these moments, this is our story, we just personally come because our heart's already all in. And so we come to days like this going, Lord, it's not if we're gonna be a part, it's like, Lord, we're all in. I am a vision builder. God, what do you want us to sacrifice this year? And in our marriage, that has ranged some years from about $2,000 a year uh, to one year, God really enlarged us to $16,000. But for us, I just wanted to share as we get into this that it is something we are so passionate about in living ourselves. And as pastors, we would never ask anybody to do something that we're not willing to do ourselves and in our personal life. And I wanted to share, I am not a vision builder because I'm a pastor. It's actually the other way around. Before I was even a pastor, before I was a leader in our church, I was a vision builder first. And I wanted to share today basically just about why I am a vision builder. And it hasn't always been easy for Ebony and I. It has involved different things in different seasons. I remember one season, uh, it meant 
pretty much every cent we gave to Vision Builders was instead of going towards our honeymoon and our wedding. Um, And so that was a sacrifice. There was a different season where we were really believing God for a house and we were saving for a house deposit and we felt God say to sacrifice money going to a house deposit to Vision Builders. Uh, for us, it's meant less eating out, less holiday money, uh, less clothing budget, which I don't care about, uh, but apparently Ebony does, less money to invest, less coffee budget. Okay, that's where it hurts for me. Uh, for other seasons, not buying a car. But for us, that's what God's journey has been in our life, as I said, from the moment we've been 17 uh, to the age we are now. And we have learned so much on this journey. I have grown so much in my walk with Jesus through being a vision builder. I've learned that God is always faithful to His promise. His Word is true and His promises always come through. I've learned that God blesses and multiplies seed we sow into the house of God. I've learned (laughs) that the enemy hates it when we are a vision builder. The enemy doesn't like it when we sow seed into the vision of a church as seeing lives transformed and you're entering a battle. I've learned that there's seasons where we need to persevere in our faith. That it's not always gonna be easy. Not every year's a breakthrough year. There's, there's years of persevering. And I've learned that our why will get tested in different seasons. But as I look back on my journey being a vision builder and our journey, I am so amazed and grateful Personally, we have found that God in our personal finances has just blessed us so far abundantly and above what we could have dreamed or imagined. There have been years, as I said, where it was persevering and there have been years where God has just moved so powerfully, including buying our first home here in Melbourne. Uh, I have learned that he's, He's just come through time and time again. But more than that, I have seen over the last 11 years for me, God do amazing things in our church and through our church. We have literally over the space of the last decade seen well over two to 3,000 people come to Christ across our two locations. We have seen this plant in Melbourne uh, in the last 10 years. And do you know that, and I'll share about this, but we are here today because of vision builders. On a day like this today, I was in the room about four to five years ago, and Pastor John and Dan started to cast the vision of planting a church in Melbourne. And you know, there were people who didn't know you yet, but they loved you already without meeting you. And we gave as a church into this church plant and that we are here today. See, for us, Ebony and I have had a clear why from the moment I was 17 and Ebony was probably 11 or 10. I don't know, given her pocket money. Yeah, she's given me the nod. See, for me, my why hasn't changed. It's the same today as it was when I was 17. For me, it isn't because I'm a pastor. It isn't because I wanna be blessed by God. It isn't so I can become wealthy. That's not our why. My why isn't because I feel compelled to or pressured to. For me, it's the same why where Ebony and I prayed and we were willing to pack up our life to you know, move 2,000 kilometres from Queensland to Melbourne. It's the same why. And for me, it's simply this. I love our vision. I love our church. I love Jesus. And I love seeing lives transformed. If you were to ask me why am I vision builder, I could sum it up in that. I love Jesus. My life is His. I love our people. I love our vision. I love seeing people come to Christ. That's my passion and that's what I love. And for me, that is my why. But I wanna ask you here today on this Vision Sunday, Celebration Sunday, sorry, is what is your why? 
What's your why? See, that's my why. Yours might be similar. It might be a little bit different. But why would you consider being a vision builder? And that's what I really want to encourage us around here today. And just really, as I shared, I just want to share three key points in my life about why I love being a vision builder. So is that okay? Give me a wave. Is that okay? You ready to go? We're going to look into a story in the Bible uh, um, from Jesus. Now, if you're not familiar with the New Testament, there's four books of the Bible that are called Gospels. It's where Jesus Christ lived on earth. God sent His one and His Son. And He would often teach in these things called parables. And you might go, what the heck's a parable? A parable is just a story is another way to use it. So Jesus... In his kindness to us, he would share stories that link to a kingdom principle, but it helps us understand what he's trying to teach us. And here today, we're going to read probably one of my favorite parables that has impacted my life in such a meaningful way. And so this is found in Matthew 25, and we're going to just read from verse 14 to 21. So let's read this together. So as I said, this is Jesus speaking, and he said this, Again, the kingdom of heaven can be illustrated by the story of a man going away on a long trip. I love like using my imagination as I read the story. He called together his servants and he entrusted his money to them while he was gone. He gave five bags of silver to one, two bags of silver to another, and one bag of silver to the last, dividing it in proportion to their abilities, and then he left on this, his trip. So a servant's going away, there's three, um, sorry, there's a man and he has three servants and he entrusts something to them that is his own. And in this context, it's bags of silver or other translations, talents. The servant who received five bags of silver began to invest. I want everyone to say invest the money and earned five more. The servant who had two bags of silver went on to work and he earned two more. But the servant who received the one bag of silver dug a hole in the ground and hid his master's money. After a long time, their master returned from his trip and called them to give an account of how they had used his money. The servant whom he had entrusted the five bags of silver came forward with five more and said, Master, you gave me five bags of silver to invest and I have earned five more. The master was full of praise. I love picturing it. He was joyful. He was stoked, happy, praising. And he said, well done, my good and faithful servant. You have been faithful in handling this small amount. So now I'll give you many more responsibilities. Let's celebrate together. Then the second servant comes and it's the same story. He had two, he invested it, he had two more. The master replied, well done, good and faithful servant, let's celebrate together. But then there was the one servant who had, who had hid the money, who didn't bring any more. And, and you know, so he came and he returned to the master the one bag of silver. Now, I often feel a little bit sorry for this guy because it's not like he went and spent it, right? He didn't go to um, Eastland and spend it at Kmart. He didn't blow it, I don't know what you do, on the horses trying to double his money. He, he literally just out of fear hid his talent. He hid that bag of silver. But that master's reply was very astounding. He called him a wicked and lazy and evil servant. And it was quite harsh But it's really an interesting thing because I believe, I wanna unpack this um, principle for us a little bit because I really believe it speaks to you and I about what God has placed in our hand in our life. So for me, my first why is this. 
My point number one, I want to live a life that is faithful to Jesus. See, for me, this goes so much more beyond just my financial world. It's in every area of my life. It's my deepest desire before anything else. I wanna live a life that is faithful to Jesus. So I just wanna unpack this Uh, A few key words we hear in this story. We're gonna do a little bit of a biblical, um, just pulling out of things. But the first word I was really intrigued by is entrusted. Why doesn't everyone say entrusted? So I, I find this word really interesting because this parable has always spoken to me because what was given to these, these servants was not their own. It was something that belonged to the master that entrusted these servants for a, for a figure of time, amount of time. And therefore, that makes these servants a steward of something that isn't their own. And when it comes to our life, I really believe everything I have in my life has come from God. In my world, everything, every um, day I wake up and I have breath in my lungs, it's a miracle. God has given me that time. Every cent I have, you know, it's not just the 10% of the time, but everything I have is actually God's. It's not mine. He has given it to me. Uh, Everything in my life, one day I will have to return to God. I don't take anything with me into eternity. Everything I'm good at, my gifts or things I might be good at, once again, that's not because I'm great. It's because Jesus gave me gifts and I'm entrusted with them. Everything I am, everything I own and everything I have is actually not my own, it is God's and He's entrusted it to me. Therefore, my life from the moment I'm born until the day I pass away, I am a steward of things that God has entrusted me. And I I just find that really interesting. He has entrusted to me time, talents, and treasure, old preachers would say. Three things he's placed in your hand and in my hand. A second thing I love that he shared, it was divided in proportion to their abilities. So when it comes to what God's entrusted us with, we never have to compare ourselves to another person. I love this. It's, you know, it's actually a very personal thing. This is what God has entrusted me with, and this is what God's entrusted someone else with. Now, I used to be a runner. When I was about 12, I was like on track for the Olympics. Uh, not really. I thought I was, but I, I ran in nationals, and I had a professional coach at the age of 10 because I was a nutcase. Anyway. My mum let me. But uh, I remember one thing we learned in track and field is you keep your eyes at the finish line. You stay in your lane. Never look to the right in someone else's race or to the left. Just run your own race. And that is such a biblical principle. You and I aren't called to live someone else's life. We're not gonna be accountable for someone else's calling. We're not designed to compare ourselves to other people, but to look to what God has entrusted us and be faithful to that. Number three, uh, the word invest. You and I are called with what He gives us to invest into the kingdom of God. See, these people, these servants, the two that did a good job, they invested the money and there was a return on it. There was fruit. And the definition in this parable of what is faithfulness, well, faithfulness was defined by fruitfulness. They invested and there was a fruitful return on that. And so you and I are called to make a difference in the kingdom of God with whatever He places in our hand. 
The, uh, two more quick thoughts. Give an account. They had to give an account. Do you know one day uh, when, when we enter eternity, we will need to give an account to what we did with the call of God on our life, with the purpose He put on the inside of us. How did we go being obedient and faithful to what He asked us to? And lastly, I love this line. It's, it's some of my favourite words in the Bible, Bible. Well done, good and faithful servant. When I look at my life, that's my deepest desire, if I'm really honest with you. More than anything else, that that day when I get to heaven and I see Jesus face to face and it's all said and done and I'm entering eternity, I want to be in the book of life. Yep, tick, Dan Frecker is saved. He believed in Jesus. But number two, when I give an account, I want him to look me in the eyes. And of course, I won't be perfect. Of course, I would have made mistakes. But I wanna hear him say, Daniel, well done, my good and faithful servant. You did all I called you to do. You were faithful with what I placed in your hand. See, the goal of your life and my life as we zoom out a little bit and get out of the daily hustle, the weekly grind, the monthly busyness, are you and I on track to hear those words from Jesus in our own race, not someone else's in what He's entrusted to us? The goal isn't to be perfect, none of us are, but are we becoming more like Jesus? Are we doing what He's called us to do? Paul said this in 1 Corinthians 4 verse 2, Moreover, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. So what we have been entrusted with, what we're stewards of, God asks of us and requires of us that we would be faithful with what He puts in our hand. And so for me, as I shared, being a vision builder is because I love Jesus and I love His church. And I want to be uh, in moments like this that my treasure is uh, where my heart is, that God has the opportunity to say, this is what I'd like you to do. And I can lean in and say, all right, I'm living because I wanna be faithful to Jesus. Number two, my second thought is I wanna live a life that makes a difference. Give me a wave, who wants to live a life that makes a difference? Something that's a bit weird about me, I should stop doing it. I think about death a little bit too much maybe, but it helps me put things into perspective that life goes so quickly. We only have one chance to make a difference, one opportunity to leave a legacy, to impart Christ into our family, into the church He put us in. And for me, there's just no greater joy in my life, even though it's challenging sometimes. There's no greater joy than using my time my treasure and my talents to serve Jesus and make a difference. I believe a Christian is never more fulfilled when they are using their gifts and talents and their treasure to do what God has called them to do. See, we live in a world that is so selfish, so self-absorbed, so all about me, me, me. And I know for me, if I watch too many movies or go to the news or talk to people, that's the gravity of this world. It pulls us towards being self-absorbed. My life is about me and my financial future and security and my health. You know, it's just so me-focused. But Jesus teaches us a bigger way. That is not His way. We live in the world, but we're not of the world. And His ways are higher than our ways. And the Bible says this in Matthew 16. This is discipleship. Jesus said to His disciples, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves. Who knows, that's not the message we hear in the world right now. (laughs) The world is saying, hey, it's all about yourself. Be selfish. It's all about you. Jesus says, no, 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 no. It's actually the opposite. You must deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me will find it. 
man, this verse, is, there's so much power in it. Because what Jesus is saying, if you can lay your life down to me, you'll actually find true life. Because how is the ways of the world turning out? It's not that good when we live a life all about ourselves. We end up depressed and anxious and stressed and worried and bound to money and bound to things and there's not a lot of joy out there, right? But when we lay our life down to Jesus and lose our life under His loving hand, we actually find the meaning of life. We find true joy, true peace, true hope for the future. And I've found for me, this is where I'm most fulfilled, where I find the most blessing when I'm denying myself and placing my life in the hands of Jesus. Paul said it this way in Acts 20, verse 24. It's one of my favourite scriptures. Paul says this as he's leaving um, Ephesus, I believe. He says, but my life is worth nothing to me unless I use it for finishing the work assigned to me by the Lord Jesus, the work of telling others the good news about Him. Isn't that amazing? My life is actually worth nothing to me unless I use it to make a difference for Jesus, Paul is saying. And I, I find Paul to be one of my deepest heroes. He followed Jesus to the very end and he was found faithful at doing all God had called him to do. Now, hopefully for you and I, we don't have to follow in his footsteps where we're beaten, where we're whipped, where we're in jail half of our Christian life, where we're, we're martyred. Ultimately, he was murdered for his faith. Hopefully that's not our calling Hopefully. But what our calling might be to, is to live an, an unselfish life where we say, Jesus, with the time you've given me, with the treasure, the finances you've placed in my hand, with the talents and giftings of my life, how can I use them to serve you and to make a difference? And we all have a unique calling. So for some of us, we're called to be teachers, to, to be business people, to be um, stay-at-home mums, to be part, like we all have a unique calling, but we also have a commonality. I believe every single believer is called to partner with Jesus and build the local church they planted in. So yes, we're called to be a famous soccer player, Pete Blair, and change the world, but then we come back to the house of God and build the church. And then, you know, we're called to be a business owner um, like David Prentice, but we're all called to build that local church. See, we're common in that, that Jesus said He would build His church. So if we love Jesus, we begin to love the house of God. And during the week, we're sent out of the house and we go fulfill our calling, but then we all return to the gathering and we're called to partner with Him and love and build the church He planted us in. See, I love being planted in the house of God. And for me, it, I'm, I am planted here. My heart is here. And I, I love the advice, find the church God has planted you in and don't ever leave it until He tells you to. Build your life around it and you will flourish. Craig Rochelle says this, I don't think anyone has ever regretted investing their life into the future of the church. It's the hope of the world. Number three as I finish, my third why is our vision deeply resonates with me. As I've shared, I simply love the house of God. I love our vision. I love our dream for the decade. Every time we watch the dream for the decade, I feel the Holy Spirit in me stirring me up. And I just know for me, I'm planted here. And part of my purpose in this life, why God put me here, is He's intertwined me to C3 Powerhouse. And I'm called to make a difference in this church. When I close my eyes, I can see our vision coming to pass. When I close my eyes, I can see my children in this 
church. I can hopefully see my children's children in this church. When I close my eyes, I can see this building filled to overflowing. There will come a day very soon, we'll have to go to multiple services because we can't fit here. I see teenagers on a Friday night that it's just out of control. We are busing them in to the house of God. I see our children's ministry raising up the next generation, sowing the Word of God in them. I can see our church, C3 Powerhouse, we're gonna keep planning churches. We're not a church that thinks small. We don't just exist for us. We exist for people who need to hear the gospel. And I love it that I can see more and more churches being planted. I can see ultimately that our church will make a dent. We will make a difference and heaven will be fuller because of us and hell will be less because of us in Jesus' name. Come on, who's excited about our vision? That's the vision I see. And I don't know about you, but I wanna play my part, whatever my part is. In this season, my part is I'm called to be the location pastor. That might not be forever. And it doesn't change anything in my heart, whether I'm the location pastor, whether I'm on the host team, welcoming people like Joanne, giving them hugs, whether God's called me to be the drummer like John. And oh, that's my dream, baby. But anyway, whatever, I just wanna be John Owen but, um, and get those biceps. But whatever God's called me to do, I'm all in and all I wanna do is play my part in the team because I love C3 Powerhouse. I am all in for our vision. Psalm 92, those who are planted in the house of the Lord will flourish. My heart is here as I shared. And I know, if I can just invite um, the band to slowly come up. In moments like this, I'm filled with joy because do you know that last year as a church just in Melbourne, our location here, not even talking about our sunny coast right now, we saw over 65 people give their life to Jesus in one year. Isn't that just amazing that in moments like this, more than one person a week began a personal relationship with Jesus. See, Vision Builders is not necessarily about us. It's actually about the people right now who are outside the doors of our church. I think of people like John Michael and Vianney. They grew up in a traditional church. In their teenage years, they walked away. But in our church, I remember the day Vianney came and she gave her life to Jesus. She prayed for her partner. It took him a good 12 months, I believe. And then John Michael, you know, finally listened to his good, good girlfriend. And, and John Michael came and he gave his life to Jesus. They've both been baptized in our church. Their family, their boys are being raised in the house of God. They've discovered their purpose. I think of Mesu, who grew up in church but had walked away from God, similar to my story. And about 18 months ago, Mesu walks into 100 New Street. He said last week he was terrified coming. And he's right now um, serving in kids. But you know, Mesu gave his life to Jesus and he's gone all in for the gospel. I think of people like Toby Couchman, who was sharing earlier, our building manager, who was a teenager so far from God, didn't grow up believing in a God or going to church. And in our youth ministry in Queensland, little Toby walks through the doors and gave his life to Jesus. And look at him now changing the world for God because he discovered Christ. See, today, as we're about to pledge and give, if you choose to, we're doing it for the next John Michaels and the next Viennese. We're doing it for the next Mesus and the next Toby, who right now are waking up somewhere around the eastern suburbs of Melbourne, broken. They all will have different stories, but there'll be one common theme, they do not know Jesus right now. 
And that is why right now we're putting a stake in the ground, saying together we're gonna do our part to do whatever we can to build a church with Jesus where lives can come through these doors and begin a relationship with Him and have their life completely transformed. That's what we're fighting for right now. And I know there are hundreds to come where we will celebrate together. Whether you were part of Vision Builders and gave $12, $1 a month or $20,000, we will all celebrate together and say, I was a part of this where we made a difference and we saw many people begin a relationship with Jesus. Can we all just close our eyes here just as I land? Right now, before we even ask God about what to do, I just wanna ask a question. Is your heart with our heart? Are you wanting to be a vision builder, someone who's all in, not even looking at any practicalities, but just saying, you know what, Dan, I resonate with you. I resonate with that in my heart, how I just wanna be part of the vision. And you feel God has planted you in this church for a reason. Just right now, can you just respond to God and say, Lord, that's me, I'm all in. Whatever you ask of me here, I'm all in. Just raise your hand to Him. Eyes are closed, it's between you and God. If you're saying, Dan, I'm a vision builder. Lord, I am planted here. You can close, uh, put your hands down. Just lastly, before I invite Ebony up, why don't we all just wait on God together? And just let Him speak to us. I want us all just to ask Him, God, if, if you're wanting me to be involved, Lord, what do you want me to do this year? I find in moments like this, the Holy Spirit just speaks. He often just gives me a figure and it can hurt or be so confusing. And I go, what? But just let Him speak to us whatever it is. Jesus, we recognise here today that all we have is yours anyway. We are stewards and we today make that statement. We wanna make a difference for the kingdom of God. Jesus, we wanna be faithful to you and we wanna do all you've called us to do in Jesus' name. Amen, amen.